I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Sarah. This is Kat. And welcome to Books and Bevies. Woohoo! We are both so excited for this episode. Um, I had a very chaotic time setting up for this episode, which is all around stressful. My laptop didn't charge, had to run and get a new charger. We are starting recording an hour and a half after we were supposed to start recording. And that's my bad. spilled her drink. (laughs) I spilled my drink everywhere, but whatever. We're here. We made it. For the very first A Court of Thorns and Roses episode. Um, also, I would like just before we get into this episode, um, I would like to apologize to all of our listeners because I feel like this is going to be a long one because I have never had so many sticky notes in a book. And also chaotic because I have everything. <laughs> the, the, the issue is. <laughs> So many of the things relate to things later. Yeah, I know we can't talk about it. I know it's you trust me, I know. (laughs) I'm just gonna blanket statement. You need to read the whole series at least twice. Like not the first time did not do it justice. The second time, oh my god, everything is so good. I literally was like, there were times when I was like, I wanted to scream, but I like I couldn't because I didn't want my roommates to think that I was like dying in my bedroom. But I would like read a line and be like, <gasps> and yeah. <laughs> oh, are you drinking a strawberry white claw? No, it's a straight and narrow. Is this strawberry? I think it's raspberry. It's white claw. I don't know. It's white claw. It looks the same. Your can looks the same as, well, not as this, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you're drinking out of a glass. Um, well, I guess that brings us to the first question of the day. What's what's your bevy? It's a white claw. <laughs> I jumped the gun. Um, <laughs> it's starting off chaotic. Um, yeah. Yes, I am drinking a white claw. Why am I drinking? Because I'm so excited about, you know what I realized? Like, some people don't like reading, and I get that. Some people just, it's not for them. Some people don't like fantasy books. It's not for them. But, like, 
it's genuinely like pure joy I felt while reading this book like not like wholesome pure joy oh I wish everyone could feel that when they read I know I feel like Yeah, there's definitely like some books that I have a harder time getting into, but when you find that book that like you cannot put down and like you lit like you look forward to reading it when you get home and you stay up way too late reading it and it's to the point where you like have to like force yourself to put it down and go to bed, it's honestly the best feeling in the world. And I obviously I feel like we've both discussed how much we both love fantasy books and it's so it's almost like really upsetting going back to the real world when you're reading a fantasy book that you're like super invested in. Like I close the book and I look around my room and I'm like, ah, this is my lifetime to go to <laughs> school and study computer science instead of uh, battling for th- stuff. I'm not going to spoil the book, um, but... <laughs> There wasn't actually really a battle in this book, but I don't know. Anyways, are you going to ask me what and why I'm drinking? Yeah. Sorry. Because you I, answered I both those questions <laughs> right away. You were like, I'm, I'm not- drinking a white claw and this is why I'm drinking. I got too excited. Um, oh, this book. Oh, uh, yes. Why, what are you drinking? What are you, why? Mm. <laughs> Beverages. Um, bevies. Uh, I'm drinking a straight and narrow. Um, I drink them a lot. They're great. Gin cocktails. And they came out with new flavors um, that are seasonal. And I'm not sure if they're going to... Actually, I'm not sure if they're seasonal. They might just be new. But they are so freaking good. Like, they're so much better than the original straight and narrow. So I'm going to be really upset if they go away. Um, The flavors are as follows. Um... Plum sage, yuzu chamomile, and huckleberry fir. Mm. Right now, I I'm like those the- names. I know they're delicious. And like the the original ones are like peach elderflower, lemon not lemon, yeah, lemon lavender. Um, there's a rhubarb something like they're all really interesting unique flavors of cocktails and right now I'm drinking the huckleberry fur I got a six pack so they come with two flavors of each mm. I would say why are you drinking but I feel like I already know the answer <laughs> Uh, I mean, currently I'm drinking because uh, I had a very stressful, like, 40 minutes leading up to this podcast. As I previously stated, I'm not sure if this happened before the original recording stopped or after, but basically I got, I like checked my laptop and realized that my charger was broken, so it was dead and hadn't been charging, so I had to like run and by run I mean drive to get to Best Buy buy a charger the guy who was helping me was like clearly new and didn't really know what he was doing but he did his best and we did find a charger and then I went to the till another new person also very good but it was just it just slowed down the process but they were very very nice um 
and very accommodating. And I think they could tell that I was like stress sweating. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it's okay. It's okay. Just like, where is, where can I find a charger where I just need a cord? It doesn't even have to be the full charger. I just need a USB-C on both sides of the cord, whether it plugs into the wall or not. I don't care. I digress. Um, and then just like slow drivers and, uh, spilled my drink twice. And then we started recording and it stopped like maybe a minute into recording. And so I had to like, I just said, fuck it. And put literally everything else, everything on my laptop I put into iCloud. (laughs) So if I run out of space, I'm gonna lose it. That's incredible. You deserve all the drinks. I will be drinking heavily this episode, and I don't think that's going to make for a good episode, but... It's the excitement combined with alcohol, not good. Yeah, up until today, my reason for drinking was also going to be that I'm really excited about the series that we're reading, but... Having a time. Anyways, I feel like it was a very short uh, what we're drinking and why we're drinking that was yeah other reason for drinking besides the excitement over the episode i mean you're in law school finals right now so that must be (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) living my best life (laughs) doing some uh i have an assignment i have to do just like a little 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 paper kind of um and then i have finals to study for but I don't know it's just like regular finals same amount of stress I think so although I'm not used to like the 100% finals so that makes it a bit more stressful that but... is terrifying yeah but if if you we had like quote-unquote midterms I guess mm-hmm. in December so if you do better on the December exams 30% of that grade goes to our final mark and yes. if you do better on the April one, then it's just 100% um, April. So, like, either way, it's not that bad. I, I didn't do um, terribly in my December exam. So, I don't think it can get worse. Hopefully yeah. not. So. And it, I, think that's, I think that's it before introducing the book and getting into the spoiler-free bit, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly, I have nothing to say that is not about this book. Fair enough. All right. This book is called A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. It is uh, the first in a series of five? Yeah, I think five so far. Yeah, I think five so far. There better be more. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Um, this I want this to be like a twelve book series. Like she could, she could say that she has plans for like a fifty book series. I would buy every single copy. I would read every book. This, however, this book is. It's seems to be from like what I see on the internet, a lover hate book you either love the 
this book or people hate it, but no one is just like, eh, it's not bad. So I feel like that is the problem with book talk because this book is very like heavily recommended on book talk. And we started reading this book, I think before we even had TikTok or even knew about specifically book talk. Yeah. Um, And I feel like when so many of these books are so highly, highly, highly recommended, it can be a bit of a letdown. So I do have like some spoiler free things to say that aren't just kind of praising the book. Like I do have some things that like just because I loved this book, I can see why other people would be disappointed by it. So I did I did make some of those kind of notes. Because um, the thing about Katrina and I is we went into this book, we did not know anything about the plot. We did not know the author. We did, all I knew was that my friend really, really liked it. It wasn't like a, like I wasn't going into it thinking, oh my God, this is so popular. Everyone really, really likes this book. I think I knew like two people who had read it before who were obsessed with it and I trust their judgment. So before picking up this book, if you haven't read it, I would say go into it with like very average expectations. Like it is, it's it's a young adult fantasy book. That's what it is. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's, I personally don't think I would have read it or like chosen to read it if I heard about the plot. Mm -hmm. Unless because you gave it to me as a gift, I was like, it's rude if I don't read this. So I read it and like even like the buildup in the beginning of the book, it does read quite slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a bit bored in the beginning, but I was like, all right, like Sarah got it for me. I'll, I'll finish the book. So, and then, you know, here we are. <laughs> here we are obsessed. Um, yeah, no, even I remember like when I picked up the book, um, and I was, re- we were reading the book like roughly at the same time. And when I was reading the first, like the first few chapters, like I think I put a sticky note at, from what I remember roughly when I started to get invested. And I think it was around like chapter eight. Granted, the chapters are quite short, but it was like, at, at least yeah, I think. Like, it, like it really of, is a slow start. It's a very, very slow start. Um, but yeah, I think the first like, a spoiler free thing that I have to say that will um that's like not phrasing the book I kind of want to get like this stuff out of the way before we get too carried away (laughs) with like praising it um and I find this is very common with a lot of the books on book talk I find that some of them kind of read like fan fiction or read super young um and this is kind of one of those books not to the point where it it ruined the book for me obviously um but it wasn't like quite as bad as like it ends with us where I really couldn't handle that writing style but I think it's somewhere in between that and like Song of Achilles like yeah I I I I see what you mean Yeah, like it definitely doesn't, it's not like reading the Da Vinci Code or The Shining where they're like, 
really complex. Like there is a lot of depth to this book, but I didn't really realize the depth until like reading it the second time after finishing the series the first time. It's definitely written. It's, it's like I said, if you're going to read this book, go into it with the expectations that it is like an average young adult fantasy book. And then you will be like pleasantly surprised. But if you expect a lot from it, I can see how it could be disappointing. Just like we were liars. Like maybe if we hadn't been told like a million times that it was the biggest plot twist ever, we wouldn't have like come up with better plot twists in our mind and then we wouldn't have been disappointed. You know what I mean? Like it. I'm I'm trying to think of something negative to say. (laughs) That's why I'm hesitating. (laughs) I, oh, there actually, one issue for me is the descriptive words that are used sometimes are very repetitive mm-hmm. um but specifically one is still as death that term is used so frequently <laughs> that it's a little bit irritating when you read it because it'll go like one paragraph it says it and then immediately after it'll be like oh he was also still as death I'm like okay I get it everyone's really still move on but yeah the the writing style is very simple yeah it's just like a little young but not young enough like it doesn't seem like it's quite written for a teenager maybe like maybe like 19 at like the earliest kind of I I think for me it's like I I like that the writing is simple because the story is so well thought out Mm -hmm. so it like adds another layer that like makes it complex enough that it's interesting to read whereas some of the other books we read that we didn't like as much I found that it was simple writing but with no purpose so there wasn't like a background something happening which I do find issue with but here I thought it was like a like a good simple it's a fast read a very fast read (laughs) yeah I um I do like I do I do really like Sarah J Mass's writing style um like that's just like a personal I think for both of us a personal preference um I kind of I kind of prefer like what you just said when it's like slightly simpler writing but more is happening and like there's more foreshadowing, more character development, more um, plot twists, like things like that. Also, I think why we really liked Dance of Thieves, like the writing was like pretty simple, but there was a lot going on. And I think for me, there's like a specific balance that I like in the book where like it can't be so simple that I'm bored, but it can't be so complex that I have a difficult time understanding and like keeping up while reading it. Because then it's not as enjoyable because I'm working too hard. Yeah. But I mean, I think everyone has kind of like has a different balance. Yeah. We just happen to have a very similar one. Yeah. Which is good for this podcast. (laughs) I also, Sarah sent me this TikTok the other day and someone compared um, A Court of Thorns and Roses to like a Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. And I had never thought of it like that, but that's technically it's an interesting retelling of Beauty and the Beast 
Yeah, it is a it is a retelling of Beauty and the Beast, um, which is my favorite um, fairy tale. Fun fact about me: I love Beauty and the Beast. I love Belle. She's my favorite Disney princess. Um, who's your favorite Disney princess? Oh, well, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. I like that one. It's not an informed uh, statement I'm making right now. It's a, you know what? Maybe. It's what Don't you know Don't hold me best. to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, as another spoiler-free thing before we get into the spoilers, because I think we're just about ready to get into it. Um, but this book comes with a map, which uh, <laughs> we you know are- we like a map. <laughs> We are very passionate about maps on this podcast. I don't know why. I feel like a map indicates adventure. It's something about it. Like, it's just, if I need a map to understand what's happening in this fantasy world, it's probably intricate enough that I'm interested. True. And I feel like sometimes it's nice to, like, if you're like reading so I, I do it a lot more when I'm reading a fantasy book for the first time but like sometimes I'll look back and like try to see where they're at or where they're heading if they're like going on an adventure or something like that and I'm like okay so they're here they're going here and they're taking this cave to get there like I'm just I'm into maps what can I say geography but not real geography not a fan Cart- cartog- cartography correct nice um uh do you have anything else to say before you want to tell me what your overall rating is um let's see i think we pretty much covered it it is a slow start not super complex writing but a complex plot um it's it's about a girl yeah it's about into a fantasy world it's about a girl who it's about a girl (laughs) so we read the book twice now it's about (laughs) a girl (laughs) there's other characters it's about a girl it's about fairies not really fairies like fae um which are basically like the elves from lord of the rings yeah, I feel like people also get put off because you hear that this book is about fairies, but it's not about fairies. Like, that, f- well, some fly, but it's not about, <laughs> it's not about like the cartoon fairies that have like are very small and have wings and just, it's not like that. It's not like, Tinkerbell. Yeah, there we go. I was trying to say Tinkerbell, but couldn't think it's, of the name. It's Legolas instead of Tinkerbell. Overall. Ooh spoiler free thing this series is getting um a tv show adaptation i believe so i don't know i feel like sometimes if i have like a book that's on my list and like i'll sometimes keep putting it off and then when i find out that there's like a tv show happening or a movie happening i'm like oh fuck i gotta read the book now before the thing comes out um so if this book is already on your list and you haven't read it and you're the same type of person as I am, it will be getting made into a TV show shortly. So I'm so excited for that. I hope, I hope the thing is, I know the cast has to be so good. 
I have already made the cast in my brain. So anyone that doesn't look exactly how I'm picturing them is not like it's not going to fit in my mental world. So I don't know if I'm going to like the TV show. I know. I know. I I will watch it anyways, obviously, but I have my reservations. Yeah, I feel like it's very, but I feel like there's also, it's very known that there's high expectations for this casting. So like, hopefully it works. Also, just like a warning, there are, this is like, if I had to give this book a spicy rating, it would be like a three out of five. You know, there's, there's some spice. There is a little bit. Not, not too like, much, though. I, not too I don't much. Think. It didn't take me away from the story, but it was there. So just like. Yeah, it's not, it's not a no spice book. Mm-hmm. So just like a little bit of a warning in case you're not into that or in case you're like super into that and you're expecting spicy and then you get disappointed. Um, yeah, it's very middle ground. Very middle ground. Very medium spice. Like a. Salsa Verde. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Very medium spice, like a salsa. Very, you're one with your words today. I'm, I'm not. Um, or maybe like a jalapeno. You know what I mean? Like not, like spicy, but spicy. Not, huh? I said that's too spicy. <laughs> I, have, I have a low spice tolerance. Jalapenos mm. are very spicy. I have a very high spice tolerance. So I would say like jalapeno is middle and then like chilies are high. And then like low would be like a poblano. I'd go high is a jalapeno. <laughs> <laughs> and your low is a bell pepper. <laughs> It's a little spicy, you know, when you get the really crisp ones, like the green ones. I got some kick to it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What's your middle then? Sriracha. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't do very well with spice. I wish I would. I feel like I miss out on a lot of good food. But like, I can't do it. It just hurts. Fair enough. I like spicy food. It smells good. It is good. Sometimes you just gotta like suffer until you get used to it. See, but that doesn't, when I'm really hungry, is that what I want? No. I guess. Fair enough. All right. Tell tell me your rating. I want to know. Okay. So overall, out of 10, here's the thing. It's going to be high. It's going to be very high gonna be a solid oh my god I thought you were gonna go with six (laughs) you really held out the so I was like no way no Um, sorry for interrupting that's okay um it's gonna be a solid 9.5 honestly I loved this book and it was even better the second time around and honestly, that 0.5 that is missing for me is just because of that, like, lull in the beginning. Oh, bitch. Um, spoiler free. I have talked a lot <laughs> in previous episodes about there being a lull 
within books, specifically around the middle area. This has no middle lull. No middle lull. There's like a very small lull in the beginning, but I can forgive that with this book especially, but even with most books, because you're like building the world, you are like introducing characters. Like there's a lot going on. It's very rarely is a book like 100% from the get-go, unless it's like a sequel. Um, But this book, I will say it like starts out at a lull and it just like steadily increases. And then it kind of like ramps up towards the end. Like it's just just a slope, just like a just an incline, yeah. and and it's not like it declines at the end. It continues. no, it just it ends on a high. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It is so good. Which is okay. So that's why I give it a nine point five. I'm gonna have to agree. I would like to give this book a nine point five. I feel like. It's a bit of an emotional rating where maybe it's not the best book. However, the way reading this book makes me feel is chef's kiss. It's this is why I like to read like this is it. The feeling when I read this book is exactly why I like to read. Um, Yeah, love the book. However, could be better so there's slight room for a 10 yeah very minimal room for improvement it is just like not it's not quite a 10 yeah but reading it the second time definitely changed like I feel like it would have been maybe a nine but reading it a second time I was like (laughs) stop I love how you were like it would have changed my rating just down 0.5 like it's not like it would have been an eight or a seven you're like it would have gone from like a 9.5 to a nine no because it was so good the first time around and the second time I was like holy shit yeah so like I think we said this in the beginning but if you have already read the book once and if you liked it and you've like read the whole series read it again because there is so much that you missed that you didn't even notice. It is so good. Anyways, are you ready to get into the spoilers? I have so many sticky notes to go through. Oh my God, immediately, yeah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I have a lot to say. Um, I'm, I'm going to start it off on a strong note. I hate Nesta. Correct. Um, she is the worst. Yeah, no, honestly, the whole family, with the exception of Elaine, I do kind of feel bad for Feyre's dad. But even then. I have sympathy for her family. However, no. I think the only one that I have like real sympathy for is Elaine. Because like. She actually like kind of does stuff. You know what I mean? Like she grows food in the spring and summer and stuff like that. Like she's not completely useless except for winter. Whereas like Nesta and Feyre's dad just kind of like spend all the money and like, I don't know, Feyre's dad does like wood carvings, I guess, but it's not like quite as, I don't know. Like, I just feel like he could be spending his time doing like anything else. Like, at least gardening is somewhat helpful when you're as poor as they are. Yeah, I feel like it was way too much to put on not even the oldest child. Literally. This this is why I dislike Nesta, though. Mm -hmm. She is the oldest. Why would you make the rest of your siblings suffer and spend all the money to try and make a point to your dad because you're mad at him. I'm sorry, what? Literally. Uh, yeah, I do, I do not like Nesta. Um, I did like, I also had a sticky note kind of by the introduction of the family um but I did like the way that they were introduced like I liked it was basically just like one paragraph where she introduced specifically Nesta and Elaine and I was like okay I know who these people are like it was very concise and very like I understand what these characters are about and like their dynamic and everything yeah I felt like it was it was to the point it was very to the point um when the children of the blessed in the beginning of the book were like kind of coming into play um there was like someone who was walking by and called a child of the blessed a fairy loving whore and I just saw that as like such foreshadowing especially like reading the book a second time because 
Feyre does become a fairy loving she's not a whore but like that's what people call her yeah like that's kind of what uh mortals think and she was one of those people who like hated the children of the blessed and then next thing you know she's in love with tamlin just some just some casual irony right there i think also this is like slightly ahead now when pharah gets taken Mm -hmm. the reaction of her father was savage Honestly, I, yeah, again, this just like kind of boils into why I didn't like her family. Like her father did nothing. Nesta, like, because he was like kind of helpless. And I get that. Like he has a, he has a leg problem and he does love Feyre. Like there's no denying that. But like. He literally told her to never come back. Yeah, exactly. And I get that he was like, he tried, they tried to play it off as like, oh, because you're too good for this place. But it's like, maybe she just wants a family who loves her. Like, maybe you guys should just want her around. Like, I don't understand why they just, like, with the exception of Elaine, no one really wanted Feyre around. And they all would have died without her around. So I don't really understand. Right? Why and the like negativity. Right? Like, the fact that Nesta was, like, only wanted to protect Elaine instead of protecting Feyre. Like, what could Feyre have possibly done? <laughs> like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Because Nesta, in this scene, was, like, literally protecting Elaine. Like, standing in front of Elaine. But was just offering nothing to Feyre. Yeah. Fuck that bitch. I don't like Nesta. I don't like Nesta. I fucking can't handle it. Um, I re- I really enjoyed Tamlin's very pathetic, awkward attempts at flirting, and I love Lucian and how he just like makes fun of Tamlin and like pokes fun at Feyre, and Tamlin is just like like literally the ideal third wheel in my humble opinion like he's just there for a good time friends with both of you like doesn't like he was just you know occasionally he got upset with like their pda but like their entire dynamic when they're like just getting acquainted is my absolute favorite tamlin is the worst at flirting i know lucian's like a bit of a dick but in a fun way yeah he's just scared of everything and it's just the greatest combination i loved it it's so funny to read but i have like a quote which is where i guess um he had just taken her and she had like showered and whatever and he just goes (laughs) you look better than before (laughs) Literally, I have the same note highlighted. <laughs> it's so funny. I like the, and your hair is clean. I know. And it's just like, it's the fact that there's like, when you read the book, obviously, because we're doing a podcast, you cannot see it, but it's, it's written with like dot, dot, dot. So it's not just, you look better than before. It's you look dot, dot, dot better than before and your hair is dot 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 
clean. It's like he's clearly like those those, those like pauses or where he's trying to like think of a compliment. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely love the love the dynamic. Tamlin honestly love that guy. Like mm-hmm. he's trying his best to be nice, but he does not know how to. He kind of reminds me of you in that way. Like, (laughs) I think we've literally talked about this on the podcast before where you're like, I try so hard to have conversations with people and I just like can't do it. And like, you're like, it's just like a similar brand of awkwardness that you guys have. Honestly, you're not wrong. I can, I can relate to the way that he tries to talk to Feyre and it's just like, I deeply envy people that can just speak on their feet and keep the conversation going. It's what I dream dream about being able to do. And here you are on a podcast. Well, see, I can talk with you. That's, That's different. There's like, it's a level of comfort for me where if I'm not comfortable, my brain does not function fast enough to have like a normal conversation. Or I turn into that um, scene from where she dresses up as her brother to play soccer. She's the man. Mm -hmm. Or he's trying to flirt and he's like, do you like cheese? (laughs) That's the thought process. Also, speaking of Tamlin, I I love that when Fair is still in the beginning, she's like trying to think of ways to escape. He's literally giving her tips and he's like, if you're ever going to run away, do it in the daytime. <laughs> just like doesn't know what to say. He's like, I guess I'll help. Literally. It's so funny. Um, also, another character that I really love. I love Alice. The like maid. I am 100% reading that name differently. <laughs> How do you read it? I don't know how I'm reading it, but I did not read it as Alice. I have to find the name now. (laughs) It's A-L-I-S. Ah, that's a big one for me. (laughs) Once, Once I read a name once and, like, accept that, I cannot switch it. Um, let me see. Oh yeah, I'm I'm reading it now. See, now that you say it, <laughs> I I read it like that. I was reading it as Elias. <laughs> Will I change it? No. Uh, Alice. Interesting. <laughs> makes yeah. It's it's something about when you're reading fantasy names, you immediately make it harder than it needs to be. Apparently, Alice was too easy of a name, so I made it. I mean, with the exception of when we read the Six of Crows duology and we pronounced literally every single name wrong and it was so complicated. We were like, yeah, Matthias, but no, it's Matthias. What's the other one? Inez? Inez. (laughs) It was embarrassing that we found that out right at the end. Oh, you know, I also loved when, so... Farrah doesn't know how to read and Tamlin tries to teach her, but she won't let him. So she just like reads uh, little books and writes down words that she doesn't know. When Tamlin finds the piece of paper with the 
words written on it. And he's like, is this a poem about murdering me? <laughs> it's just words she doesn't know. I thought that was so funny. I also really liked that. I also liked when he like read her poems, like with the words that she didn't know or understand. And I found it really, again, awkward as hell. Like so uncomfortable because he just doesn't know how to flirt. But so funny. I feel like some things, like when you read it, you're like, that could be, that's cute flirting. It's working well. But if that ever happened in real life, I would immediately leave. Like, that's no. Do you remember that one time I got serenaded and how uncomfortable it was? It was the barely looks. <laughs> oh, no. Why would you ever say that? Uh, we'll give the our listeners just like the cliff notes version basically one time I was serenaded by a boy and Katrina was sitting beside me and it was the he like held my hand it was so uncomfortable I could not handle it and it's just don't do it I've actually been serenaded multiple times remember uh Benjamin he serenaded me over FaceTime Oh, and that's worse. Over FaceTime is worse. Literally. Like, I... PSA for any man listening to the podcast. Do not. Actually, it's not exclusive to men. Also, females. Do not. Like, just don't serenade people. Like, it's one thing if you're like, hey, I wrote a song. And, like, listen to it and, like, tell me what you think. It's another thing to be like, I wrote this song for you. And I'm singing to you while like looking in your eyes. Like, I can't take shit seriously ever. And no, there's there's some things that are just meant for book flirting. Not really. Or like in a movie. But even then, sometimes the movies do it wrong. Also, the fire festival. This is this is the point where I disliked Farah. I was like, in the beginning, I was like, you know what? benefit of the doubt no I did not like her at this point where they all tell her stay in your room please don't go out there's a whole bunch of fairies she knows they're dangerous something is happening and she's like you know what I'm gonna go outside literally so annoying and then it's like why won't you let me see anything (laughs) because they'll kill you what do you mean like yeah. she, she's not very good at like understanding other people's perspectives she's very much like this is what I think so this is what's right yeah no and it's like it's one thing if like I don't know I feel like the author could have like no I don't know I just didn't like fair like it would be one thing if like she went to the kitchen and then like maybe magic made her like enticed to go or something like that, which like I'm sure happened. Like I'm sure magic played a part, but like, because she said that she was like hungry and like yeah. used that as an excuse for why she went. She was like, I realized that I went into my room without dinner and I was so hungry and I just decided to go to the festival. Like, no, go to the kitchen and make yourself something to eat. I don't know. I feel like I, if I was warned. Especially because she's supposed to be terrified of these people. Yeah. And it's like, 
Oh. But I guess this is kind of when she wasn't as scared anymore because she was hanging out with Lucian and Tamlin. Yeah, but like, if, okay, say that that's like the point of the book where she's like starting to like respect or like Tamlin. Someone that you respect and like is like, please, for your own safety, stay in the room. Like it's not safe. Are you going to be like, yeah, screw you. I want to see you. Yeah. The thing that I don't understand is like, I could understand if she was a bit sneakier about it, but she literally like went into the middle of the festivities. Like Mm. I would have gone like if like, again, depending on like the situation and depending how much I liked and respected the person that was like telling me, if it was someone that I like really liked and respected, I would just stay in my room. And if I needed food, I would have gone to the kitchen and got food. Also, maybe I would have asked more about what was going on before just being like, you know what I mean? Like I would have had questions beforehand and been like, well, what do you guys do? Like, but she was like, she just like marched right into it and was surprised that people weren't nice. (laughs) I know. And like, um, I don't know. Like, I feel like if I was in the situation where like maybe it wasn't someone who I liked and respected too much like maybe if it because I don't really remember like where Tamlin and Feyre stood at this point but if it was still like relatively early on I would have just been like kind of on the outskirts you know what I mean and tried to be way more hidden I wouldn't have rolled up on a horse I would have walked (laughs) like there's a lot of things that were wrong (laughs) but that was one that I was like all right like, cool. I don't want to be seen, but I'm going to roll up on a white horse at night in the middle of the festivities where no one is on a horse. <laughs> yeah, they, there were better ways to approach it. But also, I feel like Tamlin should have maybe been a little more specific as to why. Oh, yeah, they gave her no information whatsoever, which is obviously unfair, but it's it's like in like a horror movie where it's like deep in the basement and you hear a noise. You don't go to it. Yeah. You go away. <laughs> Why does everyone go to the noise? A hundred percent. Because it makes the story. But. Oh, OK. So like just going to jump back. I thought it was so intense when Farah was like about to sneak out of the spring tort tort the spring court because she like thought she saw her dad and then it turns out it wasn't her dad like that was such a twist I was like <gasps> that was I- sad it was so upsetting and then she was like super upset because she was like obviously my dad wouldn't come and it was like oh no oh. and then also- finding out afterwards that there was just like a bunch of fairies around who were <laughs> yeah. just like watching her trying to be sneaky that was so funny I loved that So when we find out that Reese is the fairy that like saved her from Fire Night mm. because he like comes to the spring court to mess with Tamlin. Mm-hmm. He is 
so scary and powerful and you can just tell by the way he does everything I mean I will be the first to admit that reading this book I mean granted I am well aware that I have toxic taste in men I'm not mad at Reese I like a tall dark handsome moderately evil guy I don't know something about it's the evil power vibe that yeah I like but I mean, like, I don't know. I like not to play like devil's advocate, but he doesn't necessarily. I mean, I guess he did put that fairy's head on a stick. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say he doesn't really do anything bad. Then I was like, wait. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Whoops. That's just Ooh. my. Uh... He can like crush people's minds. Yeah. It's just, like there are red flags. I'm just re- wearing rose tinted glasses. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, he put a he killed a fairy and put his head on a stick, but he like he, he also was-, was sleeping with Amarantha, who was holding everyone's power. So I can see like it makes sense that everyone sees him as evil. He's like her second, basically. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I, like I said, I see the red flags. I'm just choosing to ignore them. I don't because know. His feet are claws. Oh, I love a good clawed foot. <laughs> the first really like cute moment between Feyre and Tamlin. And again, knowing this now as a Beauty and the Beast retelling, it's kind of the part in Beauty and the Beast, where the Beast shows Belle the library, but when Tamlin shows Feyre his gallery of, like, all the paintings, and, like, it was just really, really freaking cute, and it was after she had, like, fixed his hand up for him, and it was, like, kind of the first time we saw Tamlin get, like, a little bit soft, and we saw his shell kind of, like, melt away a little bit, and I was like... I feel like that's... It's, it's like, the ideal... Like, everyone loves that trope where the potential love interest, Tamlin, is, like, injured and the other potential love interest fixes them up. It's, like, it is it is very cute. I like that. I also love that he, like, cleaned up the gallery and, like, dusted it and made sure it was all nice before Farah could see it. Because he was just trying to be nice. I, I know. Like, it was just, like. He was very thoughtful. Like, he just wanted to do things to make her feel comfortable. Yeah. Because he, he knew she was afraid of him. Mm-hmm. I feel like he wanted to do everything, like, the correct way. It was yeah. like, I want, like, you know, it's like, if you, I don't know, are going to, like, have a boy over to your place, you don't want it to be messy. Like... <laughs> And, like, even though, you're like, nine times out of ten, they won't fucking care if you have, like, a small pile of dirty clothes. But you just look at the pile of dirty clothes and you're like, I am disgusting. Like, he just wanted to be perfect for her, which was really yeah. cute. But it was nice to see how, like, uh, Tamlin was, like, soft for Feyre, but, like, kind of hard everywhere else. Like, you know what I mean? Like, with the Naga, when Feyre was, like, getting attacked he like brutally attacked and killed those Naga. And then as soon as he's like talking to Feyre, he gets like really soft and like gentle with her. That's a trope that I enjoy. It's like (laughs) 
another another great TikTok that I've seen. It's like, what's a red flag in real life, but a green flag in a fantasy book? And they're like, murder. <laughs> it's true though. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I do love the like, I will kill anyone that hurts you. Yeah. That that vibe in the story. And I feel like it's exactly what Tamlin has for Farah. So it's it was cute. It's cute. Oh, I know this is jumping ahead a little bit, but not too far. You know when they're back at Farah's house? Yeah. And Nesta <laughs> wants to learn how to paint. And Farah's like, yeah, I'll teach you. That scene where it's like, yeah, teaching her how to paint is about as pleasant as I had expected it to be. <laughs> Their whole vibe made me think of you teaching me how to paint. I think it would be the exact same. It's true. Like, I feel like I'm a lot more artistic than you are. And, like, I remember teaching you how to knit. (laughs) Or trying to. (laughs) Uh, I still don't know how to knit. So that went as well as you'd imagine. (laughs) I literally didn't know how to make it any simpler for you. It's some things just don't compute for me. And that's one of them. Also, can we talk about this really weird trope that's in this book where Tamlin is just like really good at playing the fiddle? (laughs) It has no relevant plot line. It just comes up a lot. It does. It comes up more than it should. And it was so funny. Because you could tie it in to the end. Like, you know what I'm thinking about when she has, like, music in her cell? Yeah. It could have been brought in like that instead. But no, it's just (laughs) Tamlin is very good at the fiddle. He plays it sometimes. when he played it at like the what what was it was it the spring equinox or the summer solstice or something like that and like she was like dancing because she was so drunk (laughs) he like looks up at her and he's playing the fiddle and she's like wow he's so good at that (laughs) so stupid I really didn't grasp that the first time I read the book like I didn't I didn't really grasp that he he was a a slightly cringy fiddle player (laughs) another thing this is just kind of a quote or like kind of a part that um again just really highlights Lucian Feyre and Tamlin's dynamic um and it's when, like, Feyre and Tamlin, like, kind of know their feelings for each other. And Lucian is just trying to, like, nudge them together and make it happen. And, like, Feyre and Tam- Tamlin were kind of me- being themselves and, like, kind of not talking to each other and not being, you know, whatever. And Lucian just, like, stands up from the table and goes, well, I'm late for something super important. And just, like, oh, yeah. goes away, even though he probably has nowhere to be. And he's just like, goodbye. Like, I just love him. Yeah, I, I loved Lucian. He was just, he wasn't, like, nice, but he was just fun. Yeah. 
Chaotic neutral. That's a good description of him. Also, I feel like I, throughout this book, was so mad at the fact that they didn't say I love you to each other for so long. And then when Tamlin said it and she didn't say it back and I was like, you should have said it back. You're leaving in like a couple, in, in the next day. And then we find out that she should have said, I love you. And then the curse would have been broken. I'm like, Farah, like, what is there to lose? You leave tomorrow. Just tell tell him you love him. I know. I, I was very annoyed at that. Obviously that it has to happen that way or else the plot wouldn't work, but still annoying. Also the fact that he sent her home with three days till freedom and let his entire not just his own court all of the courts all of the fairies enslaved forever because he didn't want to hurt her they they do not have the concept of for the greater good in this book yeah but there was kind of a point to that I get that there was still three days but it's not like they could have told her anything so like could three days have really changed much I think so I like at least waited out I I just feel like it was like yeah like the whole point is he sent her home because he didn't want her to get hurt because if he said or if she told him he loved her then she might get killed because uh, people will be mad but one human for the entire race of fairies and Tamlin is like no but no because here's the thing I don't think it would have worked like that because if she had told him that she loved him then they would have gotten all of their powers back like right away because that would mm-hmm. be the spellbinding contract so if they tried to kill her they they would have won like I, I think it would have been fine so I understand yeah. I understand like trying to send her away but I if it was like the day before you know, like if it was like, okay, we got less than 24 hours, you need to go. You know? Yeah. Because I feel like, like three days was just too much time. Um, I feel like that was a bit dramatic. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think it would have been better if it was like a day, you know, because then I would empathize with it. Because like, yeah, even just like the next day, she kind of wanted, like, it would have been one thing if he was like, I have to send you away like in two days or something like that. Yeah. Cause like if, if she didn't if she say I love you, then she like- would have gotten murdered immediately. And then he would know that. So I get sending her away like a day before, but three days was excessive. But I feel like if he was like in two days, I'm going to send you away. A lot can happen in two days. Like if he had told her like a plan and then she would have been like, actually, I love you, you know, yeah. like, like I love communication you. Communication is an issue that they have in this book. Honestly, a, a big one too. Like I remember when reading the book for the first time and like finding out about the prophecy and like finding out when when like Feyre and Alice were like having that chat after Feyre came back. And like everything made sense the first time I read it, but then when I read it for the second time I was like, holy shit, literally everything. Everything in this book. Everything up. makes sense. Yeah. And it's so well done because there's so many things that like, and I think we talked about this in the beginning, how like a lot of foreshadowing can be pretty obvious, but in this book, it is not obvious at 
all. Like it's always things that are just kind of like sort of mentioned and then brushed over. And then we focus more on like um, Feyre and Tamlin's kind of like budding romance. And like, that's what we're focusing on. That's what we really want to happen. And we kind of know about the blight. We kind of know about a woman that is unnamed. We kind of know like certain things that are happening, but we don't know the details. And then as soon as we are like told the details, everything, fucking thing just falls like it right falls the into de- place it was it's it's so and it's like it was simple like it was written so simply and it just fit yeah like an, another point that i have is like with tamlin's heart of stone when i read it the second time they do say it twice in the book but you don't think about it because you think that it's just them being like, oh, you're like kind of cold. Yeah, like literally everything is thought through. In the freaking beginning of the book, when Feyre kills Andras, and then she like has a revelation when she's finding out all of these things about the prophecy, and she's like, the f- the wolf just looked at me when I was killing him, just looked at me, like didn't attack, didn't do anything, just like, and like she thought it was weird in the beginning and then it made sense in the end. And it's literally like, you know, within the first 30 pages to like page 283, like. And, and it's like, it it seems like a small detail, but it was interesting or like important enough that you remember it. Yes. So when you're in the middle of the book, it's not like, oh, why does that matter? You're like, oh my God, that's why. Yeah, it's so good. Anyway, so now we're under the mountain. And now this is when like, I, th- I said at the spoiler free part where like, there's no lull except for in the beginning. And then it's like a steady incline. And then it just like ramps up when you're under the mountain. That's when it goes, whoosh, that's when the swift incline happens it is I feel like a lot of people I've heard have issue with why is um like one human girl going to save like an entire race of all powerful magical fairies but I found like the first time around I understood why people thought that the second time I feel like it's well explained that like Amarantha has these negative sides to her where she doesn't think like all she wants is revenge Mm -hmm. and like she has these petty parts to her so it makes sense that she's willing to let a human girl try yeah and like that she's willing to risk everything on one person like I just feel like learning about her backstory with like Jurian and her sister and everything it it does like as sense. much as it seems like a pothole or like a weird stretch it actually I don't think it is I don't think so either because especially Amarantha is like super cocky so like obviously a, a like a pathetic human girl walks in to her chamber and is like I'm going to I'm, I'm like here for my like my the the man that I love or the whatever yeah um And, like, I found it very, not, like, very realistic. Obviously, it's a fantasy book. (laughs) I I would have found it a lot less realistic if she hadn't had help. But it's not like she didn't have help. She wasn't just 
one human girl taking on an incredibly powerful fairy woman. She had Resand help her, Lucian helped her, Lucian's mother helped her. Like, Like, people were on her side. Yeah. And, like, I feel like the same thing for Amarantha, because people are like, how did she take everyone's power? But it's very well explained in the book, is, like, she isn't as strong as all these people, but she was smarter. Yeah. She tricked them. And, like... I, I, I don't know. Everything that I found that people thought might be issues with the book, I didn't I didn't really see them as issues. I thought they were. Yeah. And I think well also like to further like prove our point, Amarantha like just tortured and killed Claire better, Bedor or whatever. Like, yeah. so obviously she wasn't concerned about Feyre. She had just tortured and completely annihilated another young human girl of the same age yeah and obviously like, she wasn't a concern the whole thing with amarantha is like she has a thing against love because of what happened with her sister and jurian and humans she hates love and she hates humans so it makes sense that the whole thing is like based on Tamlin's and her love. I I thought it made sense. I thought it made sense too. And it's not, like I said, it's not like Feyre was just like killing it. Like she wasn't, she was struggling and she was suffering and she had help a lot of it. She almost died. (laughs) She almost died on multiple occasions. Like she, yeah, and she died. (laughs) She she died. (laughs) spoiler she's dead (laughs) we're in the spoiler part so if you haven't read the book like whatever but like anyways um I want just to like go back to like the plot of the book instead of this rant I read the riddle and I was like it's love like I think it's love but I also feel like if I was Feyre I would be like I think it's love but if it isn't love I'm screwing everyone (laughs) like I feel like it would be, I would, like, save the riddle for, like, a last-ditch effort. You know what I mean? Yeah. To be fair, I feel like I would have had my last-ditch effort way earlier. (laughs) Yes. Like, I would see the worm and be like, let me guess. (laughs) Also, though, (laughs) again, this is another thing that we talked about when we read the book for the first time. But Spongebob? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I know one for a brain fact that Katrina and I cannot be the only two people who read this book. That when we read the part with the worm, we pictured the very large worm from SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> like the least threatening, <laughs> just pink. Like a like a regular worm. He was that attacking them. Yeah, but like a regular worm that you see on the street, but just massive. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. And then I, when I read it for the second time, because like obviously we had already talked about our perceptions of the worm and how we thought it was just like a pink worm, and then um, I read the description of the worm for the second time, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> That was actually kind of scary. It says, it was a giant worm, or what might have once been a worm, 
had its front end not become an enormous mouth filled with ring after ring of razor sharp teeth. This is yet another example of us skimming over parts and just not accepting that they happened. It went, it was a giant worm. Okay, moving on. Just like wriggling around. <laughs> yeah, to definitely be fair. A giant worm would still terrify me. Like that's big. Like if it was bigger than me, oh, I'd yeah, be like, I would crush you. Because I pictured it as like, like the size. Imagine like the Sky Train, but yeah, probably four. Like thick. You know what I mean? But like, oh, I my head was Sky Train thickness. No, mine was like round, like maybe, no, I would say four sky trains in diameter. And then as long, maybe a little, like as long as the sky train. Yeah, as long as the sky train. It was very unthreatening in my own head. It was, it was just kind of a big worm. Mine was like very medium threatening because like four sky trains is massive. Yeah. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, the SkyTrain is basically like a subway system in Vancouver. Because I know we have listeners outside of Vancouver who are like, what the <laughs> hell is a SkyTrain? It's basically a subway system or the tube in London. The metro. Yeah, similar vibe. The underground. <laughs> Basically a train. <laughs> yeah, it's a train. That was a way easier way to describe it. <laughs> oh my god. We are idiots. <laughs> um under the mountain, I think that like the biggest plot twist or not No, yeah, it was a plot twist for me when Amarantha said that only one person bet on Feyre to beat the task. I fully thought it was going to be Lucian or I don't, I maybe, or I thought it would be Tamlin, but like. Also Tamlin doing absolutely nothing under the mountain, just sitting there. Not, not, not a great look. I didn't really view it like that. I kind of viewed it like he couldn't do anything. And it, I mean, it was said in the book that, like, if he did react, if he did act out, yeah, it would have made things so much worse. So I feel like it kind of did show a little bit of Tamlin's kind of, like, inner strength. Because, like, it would be hard to see that. Especially with Reese kind of playing Messing with, with him. Yeah. Like, Reese was kind of a, a dick oh, to Tamlin. He was being a huge dick to Tamlin. But. Yeah. Like, that was a bit, that was a bit excessive. Um, I didn't particularly enjoy that, but I did mark in the book, like chapter 38, just because I feel like that's where the plot like really starts to wrap up. And that's where she was doing like the, the start of the menial tasks, like with the scrubbing of the floors and stuff like that. Yeah. And I love the lady of the autumn court, how she was just like, she was just like, I'm helping you. My dad is like, it was like, there was no fluff. There was no. It was just, thank you for Lucian. Goodbye. Goodbye. And again, we talked about this earlier. This is why I don't find it super unrealistic because there was literally nothing 
that Feyre didn't have help with. After the first task, Lucian healed her. Then she had these chores and she had help with those. And then the second task, Reese helped her. Or was it the third? No, it was the second task. Reese helped her. Yeah. Like, she, she, it wasn't just like she was invincible. Yeah, like she had help all along the way. Um, I feel like the point where I really realized that Reese wasn't like just Amarantha's puppet per se um, was after the second task and he had helped Feyre because she was illiterate. So his like tattoo had like led her hands to the right lever. Yeah. Um, Pull the lever, crunk. (laughs) What a great show. That's, that's exactly what that task was. <laughs> Literally. I wish. Wrong lever. <laughs> Except if she actually had pulled the wrong lever, there would be death. death. Not just falling. <laughs> um, but anyways, like after that task happened, to like loop back to my point, um, and he was like, don't let her see you cry. Put your hands at your side and stand up. And he was like encouraging her. And I feel like it wasn't really like, I feel like it was kind of to put Amarantha in her place a little bit. Like, I don't think. That's the thing. Everything had like an ulterior motive that he did. And that's why I just like, I, even at the very end of this book, I still, I feel like I was unsure if he was as evil as everyone thought he is, or if there was something more going on. But, like, you just don't know. It's, yeah, it's really hard because he does kind of act, like, really sly and really, like, sinister in a way. But, like, the way he helped Feyre, it just kind of, like, it's, like, but why? Yeah, it it leaves a question at the end. Like, why did you do all that? As much as I kind of liked the dynamic between Reese and Feyre when he was like kind of protecting her and like helping her with her tasks, I didn't like the dancing and the wine and like the skimpy clothes. I didn't like that trope. I found it a little weird. And I didn't really like that he was like using her to like toy with Tamlin and like. I feel like for me, that ending was a bit weird. Like I didn't, I didn't see the value in that part of the ending where he was just kind of like prancing her around and then was also like, oh, don't worry. I don't care about her though, but also wanted to spend every day with her. I just didn't get that dynamic between right. them. It and seemed like the weird creepy. Paint thing, but then it kind of like the paint thing kind of came into play later when he was like, I don't know this is just like a really weird quote from Reese where he was like I drug you but you don't wonder why I never touch you beyond your waist and arms and it's like okay but you still like get her fucked up and get her dancing but like you're not fully groping her like okay you want to yeah like that seems like a a weird I I yeah you're right I I didn't I didn't love that part of it I just don't I didn't see how it added to anything yeah and it was weird that he like Hamlin's like annoyance yeah 
And like the weird, like he didn't, he painted her because he didn't want anyone else to touch her. Yeah. And, and he wanted like, to okay, know if like, anyone did. Are you into her or what is happening? Yeah. It was just like a really weird. Didn't love it. Um, when she took off the mask and found that she had to stab Tamlin in order to win the final task. Damn. Did not see that coming. That was good. Um, I also did not pick up on the stone, like heart of stone part, but it's, it's done in a way where they like bring back Feyre's memories so she's thinking about when she heard it before. So it's not that you have to remember that it's said before. It's her remembering. And then you're like, oh, my God, you're right. And then she stabs him. Yeah. And then, like, it's the fact that um, it kind of has, like, this full circle moment of she was like, Tamlin could have had those doors shut. He could have had those conversations far away. But he wanted her to eavesdrop. He wanted her to listen in. I really liked that because it was like every time you thought she was being sneaky, it was him wanting her to be sneaky. Yeah, like there's a reason for everything, literally everything. Everything in this book, it, it comes around full circle moment, bitch. Like, I also kind of liked about this book. And I know people kind of said that they didn't like the fact that it was like a human girl who was accomplishing all these things. But I liked that she didn't become high fate until the very end. Yeah, like I liked that she won being her, like obviously with the help of others, but like she won as a human. And then she did die. But then she was brought back. Into a high fate. And I just, I, I liked that. Like, I feel like the author could have very easily, like, made her become a high fae way earlier. And then it yeah. would have been a lot easier for her to complete the tasks, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, it was just like, oh, she won this task because she was good at hunting. She won this task because she had Reese, Reese's help. And then she won the third task because... She remember like she just because of like essentially Tamlin and Lucian's help. Yeah, she didn't even know she had. Whatever. I remember after reading the book for the first time though, the point where Reese like looks at her and like stumbles back and is in like complete shock about something and we don't know what it is that killed me because the book ends so shortly afterwards yeah so we never find it because obviously at this point he's the most powerful like uh high lord so him stumbling was a very big deal i was so excited to read the next book just to find out exactly why all right well i'm ready to get into favorite quote and favorite character i am who was your favorite character in this book? I, th- I think I liked Lucian. I think <laughs> he's a little bit of a dick, but in a fun way. Yeah. I have like a baby crush on Lucian, so I will have to say the same. I really like Lucian. 
Yeah, I feel like Feyre and Tam- Tamlin were both kind of annoying in their own ways because they were both so guarded for most of the book. But Lucian was just kind of there and he was just funny and like having a good time. And then the rest of the characters were just... Oh, Alice. Alice is also really good. Honorable mention. That actually throws me off that I was reading her name. I've read the whole series. And then some. And I read her name wrong the whole time. That's impressive. All right. Favorite quotes. Let's get into it. I think my favorite. It's like my favorite line. It's not really a quote. Well, I guess it is a quote. But it's. Uh, this is when Reese is saying something to Amarantha. And Feyre is just like thinking to herself. She's like. Had I not been straddling the line between life and death, I might have snorted. I did like that one. I also liked because killing is easier in pants. To the point, I thought it was yeah. funny. I like. I did like Feyre's internal monologue sometimes. Um, There's another one where she was like waiting for the cereal and she goes, the cheese I'd eaten turned to lead in my stomach. Maybe my favorite quote is just Tamlin saying, oh, I can play a mean fiddle. (laughs) And you know what? He could. He could. He did. (laughs) When Tamlin and Feyre were like kind of getting snuggly and he said, you're exactly as I dreamed you'd be too. Cute. Actually, I have a very, I, I know exactly what my favorite line is. It is from Lucian, obviously. And said, if I offer you the moon on a string, will you give me a kiss too? <laughs> <laughs> He's so sassy. Immediately after I turned the page, I found another line that I think might be, might have topped it. And it was when uh, Tamlin and I almost said Reese, it was when Tamlin and Saber were like having a moment and she, her internal fucking monologue goes, I was as unburdened, (laughs) I was, Jesus Christ, I was as unburdened as a piece of dandelion fluff. And he was the wind that stirred me about the world. (laughs) I actually hate that. I hate it too, but it's so stupid that I had to make a note of it. Another great quote from Feyre to Tamlin when Amarantha was like, do you have any last words? And she says, I love you, no matter what she says about it, no matter if it's only with my insignificant human heart, even when they burn my body, I'll love you. Very cute. (laughs) I love it so much. (laughs) So much. They are adorable. Um, And then, this might be my favorite. Um, and it's from Reese, uh, be glad of your human heart, Feyre, pity those who don't feel anything at all. I just thought that was nice. 
even for an evil son of a bitch. Whew. Well, that was a long recording session for us. If you want to follow us on social media, we have an Instagram, which is at bookbevies and a Twitter, which is also at bookbevies. And if you have longer inquiries, we have an email, which is bookbevies at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.